1: plushcare.com weight loss.
2: So I was managing bands, I was running club nights at what is now Coco and um, a place called Mills, which was a very cool club back in the day. It's mentally yours from Ellen and Evette. Ah, focus on your mental health you surely won't regret it. It's mentally, 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 mentally
1: yours. mentally yours Mentally yours, mentally yours Will, thanks very much for coming on Mentally Yours. Can you tell me first of all, how did you get into meditation?
2: I was living a very rock and roll lifestyle in the music industry and... Um, I was having a lot of fun but I was burning myself out and I had insomnia for about seven years. And I was always quite a proactive chap so I went around looking for all sorts of solutions, went to Harley Street to do some hypnotherapy and all that sort of stuff. But none of it worked and I'd given up and I thought I'm just going to have to live with this very debilitating thing. And then I was out partying in Shoreditch one night and I met someone who apparently him and his 14 friends had all been persuaded to give this meditation thing a try and it sorted them all out with all sorts of stuff stress anxiety insomnia and he swore blind that the three people in the group who had really terrible insomnia that it fixed it within a few weeks i said okay i'll give it a go i didn't really believe it would work but um as it turns out my insomnia went within about 10 days and um All this other cool stuff started unfolding. So bit by bit, I just got into this really, really cool thing that I kind of was a last resort.
1: Can you tell us a little bit briefly about this rock and roll lifestyle? Because when you sort of mentioned (laughs) that, I think you can't just sort of casually say that, can you? Like, what were you actually doing in the music industry?
2: So I was managing bands. I was running club nights at what is now Coco. And um, a place called Turm Mills, which was a very cool club back in the day.
1: Which bands were you managing?
2: I was managing actually quite a few bands from America, but none of them made it really, really big. Like we would always be support acts and pay, play big arena tours and things like this. But unfortunately, probably no one you've heard of, a few of them sort of got in the charts, sneaked in the charts here and there, um, which is probably a good thing because if we'd got all that big success, then I wouldn't have got into the meditation and be doing this now. So I'm very, very grateful for that. But I, yeah, I mean, it was good to be in the music industry in your 20s because there was lots of opportunities to be thoroughly debauched and I enjoyed that.
1: Um, and in terms of your insomnia, because yes. I'm sure quite a lot of people sort of suffer from that, what sort of insomnia was it? Were you just not sleeping at all during the night or was it kind of sleeping and waking or were you just maybe getting a few hours? How did it affect you?
2: It was usually a case of taking me probably an hour to an hour and a half to initiate sleep. Then I'd be awake, uh, asleep for maybe two or three hours, Mm. and then I'd wake up. So I'd wake up around two. I would be there awake until at least five. Somewhere between five and 5.30, I might crash out for an hour and a half, and then I'd be up at seven. And I just felt ruined every day, and sometimes I wouldn't get that last hour and a half. Day after day, night after night, that just became a real problem. And then, then, of course, you get the unfortunate situation of being anxious about going to sleep and whether you're going to get a good night's sleep and obviously if you've got something important the next day you just you might not even get more than one hour of sleep and I was using Red Bull then just to try and get me through each and every day and mm. if I didn't have my Red Bull and my chocolate bars I was I was just phew, completely dysfunctional
1: yeah and then of course that would have been your system like say probably damaging your sleep continually so that's well quite it becomes cycle.
2: self-reinforcing doesn't it Yeah, and then of course you know in order to feel good on those nights out when i because i'd be you know in clubs watching bands most nights of the week so then i'd get quite heavy on the sauce to kind of feel good and have fun but alcohol is also not very good for sleep either so it became a very self-destructive cycle and obviously when you're feeling rubbish you don't eat very well but of course if you keep eating poorly then we now know that that affects your gut bacteria and that also affects your sleep so it's um, a bit of a vicious cycle. And I was very lucky that the meditation broke that cycle and put me in a virtuous loop very quickly.
1: So how did you get into sort of a particular kind of meditation? Did you go to a therapist or did you read about it? How did you find no, it? So
2: I got told about these people who were in London at the time. And uh, so I thought, well, I'll go and see them because I remember when I'd been trying to problem solve a few years earlier, I'd gone to some place in Berkshire and it was a big old manor house and there were all of these people in saffron robes and shaved heads and they were all in silence and it felt so not me at all. So I went along and kind of checked it out with a view to, I'll give it a go, but I was a bit on the sort of back foot, very sceptical. But I remember... Even after the first meditation, I remember walking out of there thinking, wow, that was that was amazing. I usually pay quite a lot of money on a Friday night for that kind of experience. and um, But I'm feeling really calm and really pure. It, it was really, really interesting. I don't think I'd ever really had that experience, or if I had, maybe only once or twice in my life. And that immediately made my inner skeptic calm down. And so after a few days, they taught me everything that I needed to know. And I went off it and started making it happen. And as I say, the, the changes were really rapid and it wasn't just better sleep. It was just being nice to strangers, which I'd never done before, even if I had had good night's sleep and feeling really creative and getting all of my work done two hours earlier each day, which was just brilliant.
1: So it sounds like you um, it immediately sort of changed your life quite a lot Mm. how did how quickly did did you sort of go from sort of working the music industry and then sort of improving your sleep to then being like you know completely being like meditation is this thing i'm going to share it with everyone
2: so i remember the first 10 months i didn't really change anything i i continued to party hard and i was delighted to find that this was actually the best hangover cure i'd ever come across so that was a massive bonus And then I remember going on a weekend retreat and learning the sort of intermediate technique. And on that weekend, I had the most amazing experience of my life up till that point. And I just felt this unbelievable love for everyone and everything. And I had it for about five hours. And I was like, this is just so good. This is beyond anything I could have ever conceived as possible. And then... After that weekend, I just felt like Luke Skywalker and I just felt I had the biggest spring in my step and everything felt okay. I felt I could take on the world and I I felt invincible and I just remember thinking, so this is what life's about. This is what's possible. So then I spent the next year, maybe 18 months continuing to explore all of this because i was now very curious and i flew around europe and i did a few weekends here and there and then it just got better and better so i took off to bought one may ticket to delhi i uh, went to see a couple of masters who i'd heard were like the real big dogs and Didn't really know when I was coming back as it transpired. I spent three years travelling the world, meeting lots of cool people from lots of different disciplines, from lots of different places. And that three-year journey really enabled me to be able to put it all together and understand how all these things fit together. And it enabled me to hone down on what was going to be the most beneficial thing I could share because about... Six months into this traveling jaunt, I had, up to that point, I'd wanted to help people through doing documentaries or creating a charity or something like that. And then I woke up one day and I thought, I realized that if you... Share this tool with people and help them be their best selves then they can all go off and be superheroes You don't need to be the documentary maker making the documentaries. You can teach people to do that and you can just Share this amazing gift and then there'll be thousands of people all doing amazing things for the world rather than you trying to do it all on your own so on that day, which was 31st of May 2011 I dropped the documentaries that I was making in Hollywood and went back to India and dedicated myself then for the next 18 months to becoming a teacher. And after that, I carried on teaching around India and Bali for six months, but I could feel the pull coming home. I thought London and the big cities is really where the need is. And it was a bit of a waste of my energy to be in these sort of paradise-like places.
1: Can you tell us a bit about sort of how you become a meditation teacher? Um, because I suppose the only thing I can think of is people seem to have to have quite calming voices or calming ways of speaking. But are there, what were the sort of set things that you learned?
2: So if you're doing guided meditations, that's one thing. So I don't do guided meditations that much. We will be doing one with this podcast. But my speciality really is in teaching people how to meditate for themselves so that they don't need an app or YouTube or anything to be able to do it. They can, apps, they can do it easily and really effectively wherever they are on the tube, train, bus, plane, coffee shop. And so in terms of having a calm voice, that actually tends to come with you de-exciting your nervous system so the, the most people's issues these days is the fact they've got a very excited nervous system all of these electrical impulses are reaching the s- cerebral cortex of their brain all the neurons in their brain are going crazy and that creates all these thought forms so all those people with busy minds it's because their nervous system is a little bit out of control with adrenaline and stimulation and the more you meditate the more that calms down so then the brain frog clears and you start to be able to You feel calmer, clearer. The way you relate to people is smoother and more personable. You just get your stuff done. You prioritize really well. And you feel like you're smashing life. And when you feel like that, of course, there's more of a spring in your step. And then because you've got that positive energy, other people vibe off that. But it's a positive energy that's calm rather than zany. And I remember when I was younger, I was... I had a lot of energy, but it was that really, really wild, zany energy. And I would be, you know, I was always starting all the crazy uh, parties and doing things that were good to do when you're young. But um, it was just very, very intense. Whereas now the energy you have is... It's like this lovely, pure background energy that stays with you all day. No mid-afternoon slumps. No, You actually forget what it feels like to feel tired, which is an amazing thing. But you feel calm. And apparently you sound calm which is good.
1: So in terms of learning to meditate on your own, as you were saying, are there any specific kind of breathing exercises that help or visualization techniques that you suggest?
2: Well, there's so many different ways to meditate and with breathing techniques, I know of 84 different types of breathing techniques. Some of which are good for beginners. Some are definitely not. Visualizations. I'm not generally a huge fan of them, but there are a few that work really, really well. And one of my favorites I'd like to teach people and we can do it in the podcast is to imagine dropping anchors from your feet down into the earth. Because for most of human history, we've been in contact with Mother Earth and the earth actually resonates at 7.83 hertz. And because our nervous system is an electrical system, when we're in contact with the earth, our nervous system slows down and starts to go to that frequency range, which is the alpha state which is actually conducive to being calm. And because we're now all in our rubber shoes and in all the tall buildings and we don't actually spend very much time in contact with the earth, it leaves us much more prone to being in that high beta frequency where the mind is just whirring and worrying and we're not very grounded. And just the simple act of visualizing yourself connecting with the earth again actually seems to trigger a brain state or a memory which makes us feel calmer so i would always start every meditation by visualizing connecting with the earth and using anchors or roots imagining roots coming from your feet and from your tailbone down into the earth creates that connection and from there then use the breathing techniques or use mantras or whatever it is that you find resonates best for you. And I think that's down to each and every person to decide.
1: So you've created your own meditation approach, which is Bija. Can you tell us a bit about that? Why you wanted to do that and what it's all about?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, the majority of it is actually based on the oldest technique in the world, which comes from the Himalayas. It's about 10,000 years old. And that's been passed from master to student for all of that time. And I'm simply a 21st century conduit to that but there were a couple of gaps that i'd discerned and so i'm i've woven in a couple of extra things for beginners to actually make it much more complete and much more relevant to the 21st century and then if students want to go on a journey and really if they want to get that sort of jedi skywalker thing that i had then i can take people on that journey And again, there are things that I've learned from other parts of the world and from other traditions and knowledge bases, which I weave in just to make it as complete as possible. So I'm not doing anything particularly spectacular. I'm simply synthesizing the various knowledge bases I've encountered in a way that feels most comprehensive and complete.
1: Can you tell us a bit about your book and your app as well, please?
2: I actually got approached by loads of publishers to write a book about all of this. And I was like, well, I'm not sure I have time because I've got all this teaching to do. But I took the challenge on, and um, what I wanted to do was tell the story of meditation but not in a really dry way, you know, where the teacher is just saying this and that and the other. So it was, why don't we actually get case studies of all the people, or lots of people that we've taught, And to give their side of the story and to help the audience realize, Oh, they're they're just like me because there has been for so long this idea that meditation is for monks or for hippies. And that puts a lot of people off. But in actual fact, it's for every one of us because we're all human and we're all subject to these same emotional experiences. And, you know, we all have the same brain chemistry. So meditation works for everyone. But how do you communicate that? Well, by getting people who are representative of the general population to tell their side of it. And people who have all of these very common situations, whether it's anxiety, depression, insomnia, chronic fatigue, you know, physical issues like IBS and such like, because a lot of these things are getting to epidemic proportions. So they tell their stories in the book and it's really very heartwarming. And then what I do is I use what they say as a launch pad to try and share all these wisdoms about meditation, but also how you get the most out of meditation, because meditation is really there to make your life better. It's not necessarily meant to be just this little escape hatch where you just go for 20 or 30 minutes to, you know detuned from the world it does serve that function but the best meditation is actually what they do is they power you up to be able to go back into the world and be more engaged and more vibrant and more yourself and so i felt that there are a lot of these key messages we needed to get across to help people understand meditation more and to demystify it so that people felt comfortable with it and felt inspired to give it a go and the app is my way to try and democratise meditation because I'm actually just finishing up teaching six people to become teachers and they'll go to various cities around the world and that's great, we'll be in a few major cities and year on year there'll be more but that's still depriving 98% of the world's population of having access to it but the challenge is trying to get quality teaching across via an app or via any digital platform, because you, you don't have that one-to-one interaction. And so it's actually quite tricky to deliver a high-level meditation experience purely through a digital medium. So I held off for quite a few years. And then eventually I started to work out how it could be done. And I also felt that a lot of the apps that are out there they're trying to make you dependent on the phone. You know, you've got to keep tuning in every day into your phone, which I felt was a bit paradoxical. So whilst we have all those guided meditations on the app, really what it's there to do is to help you become self-sufficient so you don't need the app anymore. If you want to use it as a support aid and, you know, you want the gamification and you want that extra content to give you wisdom outside of the meditation, it serves all those functions. But... I want you to be able to actually go and do it by yourself, wherever you are, without being dependent on anyone or anything, just you. And then you're empowered. So I guess the book is there to help inform and inspire. And the app is actually there to help empower you to be able to be your best self without needing anyone's help within a few weeks.
1: The book is called Effortless Mind. Is that right? And that's out now. And the app Is that out yet, or is it out soon? It's called Beeja.
2: Yes, Beeja Meditation app. It is out. It came out about 10 days ago, actually. Oh,
1: great, congrats. So they're both out now. Thanks very much for coming in to chat about that. Is there anything you'd like to add?
2: All I'd really say is if anyone listening is wondering whether meditation is really for them or if they've tried it and they found it to be quite difficult which is a lot of people's experience don't worry honestly meditation can be really easy and it can be more effective than you could possibly imagine and so the reward of finding a practice that works for you is so unbelievably high and it will change your life so if in doubt give it a go and if the first one doesn't work keep going keep trying until you find the right one because once you do your life will be forever improved
0: so this is goodbye from mentally yours so go away enjoy your day get on with all your chores from
2: mentally 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 yours mentally yours.